0: I just want to say, you did a very good job. So good job. It's that thing where you're actually kind of smart. Things you say make you sound dumb. Yeah, we both do that. What's that called? Yeah, but you're a little different, Dad. Stop saying sure! Oh, it drives me crazy! Are you seeing clear? Are you seeing clear? I think most people just ignore the tough question. This isn't Minecraft. This is real life. You are hilarious. (laughs) That was not the dog, Dad. That was (laughs) <laughs> yeah, to solve this, we have to completely ignore the main problem. <laughs> that makes really no sense to me. I just want to stop. And that, my friend, is one of my favorite things about you. Hey, good morning, happy Thursday, and welcome to Renaissance Radio. I am Jeremy, uh, your host. And I was just sitting here listening to this intro and remembering that I'm I'm 36 years old now, and I went to school for radio broadcasting when I was 17 or 18 or whatever it was, and I was there for one semester. And I just had this like crazy flashback of nostalgia and kind of weakness, where I remembered like I came in like I'm gonna be really good at radio. I remember thinking that in my in the peak of my confidence in those earlier years, and I remember thinking I am gonna kill it at this. And I remember very distinctly one of the very first assignments was to record an AM radio station show. So basically, the job was ninety point nine WNZR at uh, at. A Mount Vernon Nazarene College at the time. That's how old I am. It's Mount Vernon Nazarene University now. Um, Marcy Reinhart, awesome professor, teacher, still there. As far as I know, I should reach out to her. But uh, I was just so confident. I just remember being so, so confident and also so, so ill prepared for college in general and just like not my family's fault, definitely. My own discipline level and those sort of things. And so I remember my first episode uh, requirement for the FM station, because the FM station was live. Eventually, you know, you get to be a sophomore, junior, senior, if you're really good sophomore, right? But a lot of people, junior, senior, you get to run your own show as part of your assignment on the FM station. But the goal was to record a, a sample AM segment. So the goal was, excuse me, you go in there by yourself and you record yourself doing a show and like no one but your professor heard it. And I remember sitting in front of that thing and I was confident till the very second the record button was hit and I just froze and like nobody in the world knows this, but me and now whoever's listening to this and like I froze and I stopped the recording and then like practiced 97 times the first sentence I was going to say and then I froze again and then I froze again and I froze again and I just kind of like never stopped freezing. I mean ever till like today. (laughs) so I mean there's different parts of my career and stuff where obviously I've worked through some of the anxiety of public speaking and things like that but I was just like sitting here realizing like wow like I feel this way again I feel this way again that I'm going to freeze and even with no one listening once again no one even knows really that this is a thing yet I've confided in some friends and um you know, the stakes have never been lower. You know, there's no pressure that this does well. I have a career and some other things that I'm doing. Renaissance Agency isn't dependent on Renaissance Radio, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But it's just funny how those feelings can kind of creep back up, that imposter syndrome and other things like that. And the contrast of that is that other people will go, like, wow, you're great. And it was funny because leading up to that AM broadcast, I don't know if I ever completed. I mean, I I ended up not, you know, finishing... College. I didn't finish that year, right? So um, it's crazy because leading right up to that, people were like, You did a, like, you would be amazing at this. You would be amazing at this. And it was cool to get encouragement, but I don't know that I got any sort of, um, and again, this isn't an indictment on anyone in my life, but just looking back, like, I don't know that I got the preparation necessarily of, like, Hey, like, this is going to be hard work and you're going to deal with this and those sort of things. And so, um, again, no one's fault but my own, but it's so interesting. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with, this isn't prepared, this has a lot to do with kind of what I'm trying to do right here is, I just know that as young artists, as creators, as techies, as thinkers, people have the best of intentions, the best of raw talent, uh, the support of their community, their friends, their family, and just sometimes you just get stuck. And the emotional strain and drain on getting stuck is huge. And so this show, Renaissance Radio, I think is going to be, um, who knows what it'll be, right? As it goes, I'm, I'm a bit of a eccentric um, kind of a transient thinker to some degree and it can be hard to follow at times but uh, I, my vision for this program is that people who continue to get stuck will have some some means to get out of it. so if you're a casual listener and you're and you're kind of like, oh this is fun Jeremy tells funny stories he's got some interesting insights you may enjoy the show um, you know at times and at times it'll feel a little bit either heavy or aloof. But if you're somebody who is uh, an artist, a techie, a thinker, someone who feels like their emphasis in life is maybe a little bit um, different or uh, less appreciated or those sort of things from others, or maybe you feel a little bit alone in that process, I'm hoping to build kind of a community of people who say, like, this is really normal. Here's what I tried. Um, And so that's probably who the audience will become organically. But again, you never know. You like you have no I have no idea who that audience is going to be. Um, or even where I'm heading exactly with this. This is going to be an extension of the Renaissance Agency, which is a creative agency that I've been investing in for a little while now, um, a long time intellectually, and then now a couple months uh, with my actual time and actual money aside from my day job. And so, um, yeah, so so that's really what I want. I want people to come away from the show thinking like, okay, yeah, I have a place that I can kind of struggle with somebody. Um, now in my old age, I'm going to have a lot of experiences, uh, varied levels of success. You know, this certainly isn't a brag show. I have nothing really to brag about. Um, but I've at least experienced some things and I've run into some walls and, and tripped over some things and, uh, seen a couple sunrises in, in business that I think I can help encourage some of these, uh, younger artists, thinkers, techies, you know, craftsmen, But also, when I say younger, I don't mean younger in age. I mean younger and just like you're early in the process. Maybe you're in your 60s or your 20s or you're 15 years old or you're, uh, you know, in your 80s and you're just re-entering a new space of life and you're discouraged. Maybe you've been, had some success in like, you know, you remember what it was like to start something fresh? Like, I'm going through right now. You know, I remember a lot of my uh, consulting or creative career uh, had kind of developed this referral base that I wasn't really, I was struggling. I had new hurdles and struggles to go through, but I wasn't struggling with the things I struggled with my first time, you know, when I first started where it was like, there's literally no one coming in this building and I have to figure out how to get them here. I didn't struggle with that at the tail end. I struggled with other things. And now I'm back to that beginning part where I'm like, okay, I don't want to beg, but you know, I do need to have some listeners and I want to make sure that they're right people and that sort of thing. So I want to kind of struggle with you guys side by side with you and offer some help there. Um, so that's Renaissance Radio. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to be having guests and asking tough questions, easy questions, funny questions, um, and, and we'll go from there. And then some of the shows will be just me, uh, you know, going through some thoughts, some hopefully a little bit concise thoughts, uh, but maybe not. We'll see. Uh, the Renaissance Agency, which Renaissance Radio is an extension of, like I said, is um, a project that I'm working on where, essentially, I want to let people just thrive in their giftedness. And so my focus is going to be on, um, creating, uh, unique combinations of business requests. If you're a business owner, um, and you've worked with me in the past, you know what that looks like. It's a bit of, um, I don't want to describe it right now, but the idea is that we come together and we problem-solve in unique ways and then call in artists, craftsmen, thinkers, and techies to execute that in a way that isn't seen constantly the same way all the time. So there's going to be limited number of people that I can take on at a time. I have a full dedication to my day job, and this isn't something that I'm going to do uh, and take anything away from that, but I think we can get a lot done in a short period of time. As an example, Renaissance Radio, you guys who know me, you know that uh, I'm a little bit... Um, disrespectful of limitations to my own detriment at times and I said you know what this is the right thing to do so I started any creative work any photos thank you for little family sessions and things like that I'd kind of shut the site down anything that I did creatively all the money went back into restarting this and so now here I am with this gear right before the episode started I googled um hey what is phantom power and why (laughs) one of the most basic radio and sound things and like the first thing that pops up is like be careful (laughs) be careful because if you turn it on on the wrong mic you will completely destroy your mic so I'm already mad at this mic because it keeps it's so good by the way this is such a great mic Uh, but it keeps catching my like beard hair and i'm talking about like mature beard hair that's been with me from the beginning of this beard It keeps catching and like pulling it out. It's awful (laughs) And so I find that little article that says, you know, be careful because it'll destroy your mic If it's the wrong mic and I had just toggled phantom power to see what it sounded like like 10 times So, um, we'll see at the end of this episode. Oh my gosh this is this is going to be indicative of how this is going to go, by the way. I'm going to spend the money and the time, and I'm going to break things and ruin things so that you don't have to. So anyway, uh, Phantom Power, uh, I read like a couple parts of a couple of the sentences, and it just turns out this mic doesn't need it, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, so yeah, so uh, the Renaissance Agency, like I said, is going to be a space where um, artists, thinkers, techies, craftsmen can come in and we can sit down and we can have coffee and I can say, what kind of work do you want to do? Um, and ask the questions that a lot of people don't know to ask. And, And I use it, I'll say it this way. Like how much notice do you need to do your job? Well, what specifically are you doing? Um, what do you need to make to do that job? What are some efficiency gains that I can bring to the table that make it so that a two week job is actually a one day job so we can get the rates down for our clients, but your overall, uh, you know, income is higher per job. Those sort of things. There's so many people that I know, and you'll know who you, who who you are if I'm if you are listening, that have this unbelievable talent. But because it's a little bit sloppy right now, a little bit unclear, undefined, and the tools and resources aren't there, they couldn't possibly pull off their giftedness right now. Say uh, on the side of their very high level job, or maybe even their three part-time jobs. There's no way they could pull off their dream work because it's so inefficient because they just haven't developed it. So I'm going to be helping uh, some of you folks develop those things so we can squeeze it in on a Tuesday. Or, um, you know, maybe if your goal is to move toward full-time, we can get you full-time within the year or whatever. And then for businesses, the idea is going to be, like I said earlier, you know, hey, we're we're struggling with um, our employee morale, you know, and so I can pull together my team and folks I know and some creativity to really show how much you care for them and bring that morale back up or sales or, uh, communication or clarity, those sort of things. So that's what we're working toward. This is just going to be the Renaissance radio. Renaissance radio is just going to be a picture of, you know, kind of what, what that development looks like, because I want to, I want to document all of this work that's going on. It's been kind of crazy. I mean, um, setting up links profiles and all the social network stuff and the infrastructure to get in place, to get a, a administrative assistant to start getting that stuff rolling and social, man, it is a ton of work. I forgot how much work it is. It's so easy to sit around and go like, Oh yeah, all you have to do is this, but Holy cow. there are so many uh, things to learn. There's so many decisions to be made. I think that's one of the things that's so challenging for uh, startups or people that are young in the, in their stage of their process is like, you get decision burnout so quickly. Like, where do I put my time today? What's most important? Where's the vision? And so for me, Renaissance Radio has been a very important passion project for me. I have some friends that have a uh, very you know successful podcast and other things. And I was like, man, I want to make sure that like I thank them for their contribution to uh, kind of showing me that it can be done. At the same time, it's a completely different thing. I don't want them to think that... They owe me their audience or anything like that because we're friends. And there's just all these like very small, that's one sort of window. And then it's like, well, the advice you see online is just start recording. Well, okay, you know, get your iPhone out and just start talking into it. But in my experience in the production and the rapid deployment of media that I'm used to, I might as well go ahead and do it right. So now I'm figuring out, you know, like how do I uh, record in 4K on the iPhone, stream that, keep this uh, sounding good. How do I script? Um, there's just a whole bunch of things we'll go into later that are just experiments. I have no idea. To be honest with you, I'm really stressed out. I don't know if that camera's recording. I have no way to really know. I should probably put a mirror there, maybe monitor it here. I don't think it know. So we're gonna do we're gonna do our best. But yeah, so um, that's that. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about today. That's kind of the introduction of the show. We won't talk about Jeremy every day, <laughs> but one of the things that I wanted to talk about today. Is just identifying and what what I like to call mapping, and uh, you know a psychologist would look at this and go, "Oh, great, we're journaling here," and an engineer would go, "Finally, we're you know whatever this is called," and an artist would say, "We're wireframing or storyteller," but when you're in the early stages of this process of starting literally anything, I think that. There's a stage that's really important prior to mapping, but we're going to talk about mapping today. The stage prior to mapping is to be very clear about what you're excited about and to try to understand which part of the process you're most excited about. So um, I guess I will talk about that for a moment. When I worked with a lot of photographers um, and and in my own life, one of the things that I realized painfully, it was really difficult. Delivery time uh, for, say, wedding photos is an example. It's incredibly difficult to deliver wedding photos it's, there's so many, there's like an art to it, obviously, but you almost forget there's an art to it because there's, you know, when you start out, you take like 3000 photos, right? Cause you're just so scared. You're going to miss something. And you can imagine the difference between doing a puzzle that's a hundred pieces and doing a puzzle that is, you know, 5,000 pieces, you know, it's, it's not a small difference. It's a huge, huge investment in time. Toward the end of your edit, too, like you're just so sick of the photos. You get down to like, you're like, oh my gosh, like four thousand reception photos. They're all generally the same. I found the ten that I really, really like. So it's exhausting. Um, and you're just you're just trying to figure out how do I how do I get through this. Now that's my experience. I've talked to people who are really, really love calling and editing photos. It's a rare breed, but they exist out there. The reason I bring that up is there's different stages to business. I'm using wedding photos as an example, but just in the wedding photo arena, I'm sure you'll see yourself in your own business or your own project or or cause or whatever you're working on. When, When you start, there's a process of defining yourself, being clear, telling your own story. Then there's a process of telling that story, which the clarity turns into marketing basically and getting the word out. Then there's the process of getting encouragement from that marketing that people are receiving it. Then there's a process of booking and administrating a meeting of some kind. Then there's the sales pitch. Then there's the closing during the sales pitch. So some people just love to pitch. They don't care what happens. But then some people are like, I like to close deals. That's my deal. And that's your traditional salesperson. Then there's the, you know, the creation of the packages, right? There's the planning of the wedding day. There's the actual um, shooting of the wedding. You'll find very, very few photographers would just shoot and do nothing else. Like the shooting is usually leading up to something else they enjoy. Then you have like that event planning portion of shooting the day. Like there's the actual art. Some people like to just like stay way off in the corner. It's like, man, if they didn't even see me, that would be better. Some people love to be up front and go, okay, you do this. And it's like a fashion shoot. Then there's the process of um, backing everything up, cleaning them up you know, rating, calling, that sort of thing. Then there's editing. Then there's the delivery to the customer. And then there's the sharing to other people. And then there may be sales after the fact. So what we call wedding photography is actually a huge soup of different types of processes by different personality types. And the specific reason I'm bringing this up right now is different motivators. And so this is really, really important in your business that you map and understand each stage of your business. But even before that, You need to understand what moment brings you to life in that process. For me, it was the moment that the people saw my finished work. So when the bride and the groom saw my favorite photos, that look, I was staring so intently at their face. And that look, that gratitude, that understanding that all of this work led up to this moment, that was the moment. Here's the problem with that. Everything after that, I could care Less right, so I would see their face and I would get my payoff And then it's like six eight weeks later photos still aren't like finish finished I just did my favorites and it's like hey, where are my photos and then there's anxiety and it's stacked up and there's six weddings and I got way behind and eventually what I realized was that has to be my last moment that moment where I get my payoff that has to be it for me. Everything else has to be done before I do that so either I had to edit those photos early Uh, or I had to, I had to wait to show them until they were done, or I had to get everything done before I showed them. And those sound like the same thing. But what I mean by that is the normal four to six weeks that most photographers take, I could wait to show them to the end of that four to six weeks and edit them all. Or if I wanted to show them right away, I had to figure out how to edit right away. I chose the second option, which was a very kind of involved process of creating a rating system in my camera that transferred to Lightroom And whenever I got the photo, that moment that I went, oh, that's the one, I would mark it, I would star it, then I'd get into my Lightroom catalog, and I would sort by stars so I would see all my favorites, I would edit those during dinner while my second shooter was taking pictures of the reception, generally just cake and details, because I didn't love that, uh, but it was important to the couple. And so I would essentially, um, I would, uh, by the way, I just got a text message from Harley, this whole thing in the Capitol building is wild. And I'm not going to make a bunch of statements about how I see it because I don't really know yet. I find that interpreting uh, current events, it's really hard because you just don't get all the information from really anybody. But I just got to say, as a time capsule right now listening, wild, unbelievable. Um, I really want to see people get along and have us have a year this year in any way possible that is uh, uplifting and building and has empathy for one another. That would be so great. Okay, back to uh, something that feels less important, but maybe more important to you, uh, the editing of the process. So what I did was I rated those and then edit them very well, very detailed, all my favorites. I found that the best portion was around 50 photographs. After 50, even of the best shoot in the world, people would start to do this. They'd start to keep flipping through the photographs, but look around to see if there's any snacks. So 50 was kind of the right portion, kind of like sushi, 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 sushi. Any uh, great sushi, The portion isn't the thing that makes it great. It's the ingredients. And so I found that 50 was about that number, 25 or so for portrait sessions. And so I would do that. And then I would resort them based on timeline. And I would go through and I would synchronize the edit with everything that I had done on that main favorite photo and everything that was in that scene. So if I took a picture in the church's library or, you know, at the breweries uh, in the yard, I would save what I did. I would name it that preset after what I did. So for example, um, uh, sunset warm tones, for example, uh, I would, I would name it that. So in the future I could just apply sunset warm tones. And I would remember that cause I'd spent a lot of time and I would synchronize those with all the other photos, which is, uh, I think control shift S command control shift S maybe that's going to be wrong, but you get the idea and it would edit. And then I would skim through and look, and what ended up happening was, this is so crazy, because I wanted to have everything done, I made a rule for myself that I had to do what's best for the couple, but I wanted my payoff wedding night, I would take, <laughs> sounds weird, uh, I wanted to appreciate my art process uh, the day that the client got their delivery, how's that? Um, because of that, I needed to get everything done, so I figured it out, and um Then I was able to start uploading to the web, backup, and and get everything there. And it was like, well, did you rush the process? No, I just removed the waste of that process. And then I explained that to the clients. Hey, what I'm shooting for is for these 50 photos. That's what you're paying for. And then you will get every other usable photo in a separate album called The Rest. And so, yeah, so that's what I did. But the importance of this for you possibly is you need to identify what part of the process gives you joy, which part of the process is driving you, right? Because what's going to happen is you're going to have like a horrible, horrible day. And there's some, some part of that process that you're continuing to work toward. This could be, you're working the worst job in the world. Uh, You know, you're, you're doing some form of work that is not in your giftedness. You hate it, but you need it to take care of yourself or take care of your family. You're still going to have a part of that day and it really can't be the end of the day. I mean, I guess it could be. No, it can't be. You got to find something in that process that you enjoy, even if it's making the customer laugh when they call in. You want to make a customer laugh and you want to work through that process. You got to find that moment and put every crummy thing in front of that moment so that you can move your way toward that. And so that's really the main thing that I wanted to talk about today was just making sure that you can uh, think through. Well, I guess I I have a little bit of time, 22 minutes. Try to keep it short here. But um, what are some ways that you can identify that process? Well, mapping, like I'd mentioned earlier, uh, isn't a really important thing. So one of the best ways I found a map is a, a program called MindNode. MindNode, very inexpensive, I think $20 at its most expensive phase. There's other apps at work, but I've been using this for years. And essentially, it's just mind mapping. You write down what you know, and then you break off uh, what you know from there. So oftentimes you write down what you know, which is impartial, like uh, impartial. (laughs) What a weird, that's like, do you ever, excuse me, do you ever have a situation where you want to sound smarter? So you just add like parts to a word. (laughs) That's what I just did right there. Like (laughs) you have partial thoughts. I'm like impartial. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Listeners go through the roof because Jeremy said impartial, but uh, a lot of times you have a a good sense of what you're looking at, but not a good detailed uh, map of what you're looking at. So For example, I knew I needed to start this podcast, so I just put a main node there, which is basically just an oval with the word podcast. And then from there, my mind naturally went to content, um, time invested, goal. You know, those are some things I need to determine. Okay, so I'm making this podcast. What are the things I'm going to need? Oh, gear. Gear came out of that. Like, what are some gear that I'm going to have to have? And so I just started like, and then then there would be spider webs off of that. Not spider webs, but kind of like arms, branches coming off of each of those things. So I would say, I need gear. Okay, well, I need audio gear, I need video gear, and I need da da da, da. And so it just continues to spread out until you have a better sense of what you're looking at. So my note is really helpful. Start with what you know, and then work on that hierarchy there. Um, but take something like my Note or a piece of paper and begin to do it yourself, and look at your process and say, okay, what's the ultimate goal of what I'm doing? Because honestly, like one of those traps that we bump into is, like right now, it would be easy for me to say, my goal is to start a podcast. Well, now that I'm recording my first episode, like I hit my goal, I should shut it down, really. So I really had to think through, why am I doing this? What's the goal? And then on top of that, what I mentioned earlier, which is, what's the feeling I want to get? Like, What's the payoff for me? What's the payoff for my um, listeners, if there are any? Am I okay if there's no listeners? Am I okay if 90% of the people I talk to Uh, criticize what for me is the perfect expression of Renaissance radio. Am I okay with that? Or is this something I'm doing as a marketing mechanism uh, with the intention of, you know, uh, using it to build the business? And so those are legitimate. Like I could totally do that. I could build this to build the business, which is partially true. I do want to have a platform where if I have a new artist, a new techie, a new thinker, a new craftsman come in, I want to be able to share them with you and say, hey, here's a reason for us to get coffee because this person does this amazing thing and I think it can help you. Um, But really, honestly, I know that people retain things better when they write them down. So for me personally on the show, um, art can be a bit of a lonely process, especially art as a business. And especially being, uh, a, on the disc profile, kind of a C, right? Like being a detail oriented person now that I've had to become to be any level of successful. Uh, there's so much that I do behind the scenes that is, has no gratitude, uh, no payoff because nobody ever sees it. And you should be comfortable in your own skin. You should be confident, uh, in your relationship with the Lord, with your family, those sort of things to not need that. But if you're doing things, uh, in the right mindset and you're not just trying to build yourself up all the time. You know, I I can't imagine a lot of bakers um, who don't want anyone to eat their cake, or I can't imagine a lot of pastors who don't care if anyone listens to their sermon. You know, obviously it's like, You know, if you forget about the cake, you forget about the kid that's having the birthday party and all you want to do is be famous for making cakes. That's a little different. Or all you want to do is have a million people listen to your sermon or or those things. Those are all things that other people decide to do. But in my case, it's like I just want to have some sort of outlet to say, hey, I made this thing. Uh, This is the personal side. I made this thing and I'm pretty proud of it. And I really hope somebody can can use it. I think I hopefully it's helpful to someone but at the same time, I want to use it to promote. So that's something that I needed to to determine before I started anything. And so if this was for no one, then that determines some of my behaviors. Do I get nicer gear? Do I create things? Do I record it? No, just do voice memos, right? For myself to help record it. But since I want to be respectful of the people that are listening and I want them to have a good experience, I am going to try to learn how to have less uh, plosives on the mic, which I'm trying to control now. It'll be interesting to see how I did. If it's not great, I'll improve in the next episode. But Um, I do want to have decent video, so I want to work toward a better camera. Uh, I have been working with the Hue bulbs to try to get the light right so that it's pleasant to look at. You know, those sort of things. Uh, And it's going to take time. It's going to be a process, and it's going to be a whole mess. You know what I mean? Like I joked, I don't even know if I'm recording. I'm pretty sure I am. But uh, when I was DJing, that was a huge anxiety for me. Um, DJing back in the – I was 16 or 17. I think 16. I talked my parents into investing into A-Team Productions. We actually – were called the bomb squad originally because evidently that phrase was okay. The bomb, like you're the bomb kind of thing. And so, uh, and that didn't last very long because there were still yellow pages um, and white pages and stuff. We went with A-team productions and I had to call them to convince them it was a real business because everybody was putting A in the front of their name. The yellow pages was completely full of, of like a towing company, (laughs) a team productions. I just sent him a business card and all these different things. It was so funny. But, um, when I started that I used home audio speakers, we bought, um, like home, like the big subwoofer tower home audio. And it was the spliced cords and two five disc changers. So we actually burned music on, (laughs) The cds i'm gonna be real clear. I don't know where this story is going I just want to share with you because it's a memory right now that i'm experiencing real time that I completely forgot about I had this 96 uh, Chevy blazer that was rusted out like crazy. Uh, very grateful for it though. Um Melissa and brett sold it to me and it was hundreds of dollars It was like very low cost, but I was so proud of my business and frankly so proud of my chevy blazer my '90. 6 Chevy Bla- Blazer red with um rust. One time I stole I was going through a big puddle because it felt kind of off-roady and there was evidently the gas tank was rusted out. So water went up into the gas tank at Pizza Hut in Mount Vernon 16 years old, half my life ago. And uh so I was so proud of this um Blazer and and my business 18 productions that I I bought a vinyl I saved up and bought a vinyl uh windshield. <laughs> Cover that went over top of the windshield, you know, and I had to get the height right because it, it had to be legal and I'm hauling around home audio equipment and all that stuff and, and playing music for people and doing, uh, you know, birthday parties and mitzvahs and all sorts of things and eventually I graduated to school dances which uh, made me big time and got into weddings, met my wife, uh, had a few DJs working for me at that point and they, uh And that I asked her what she wanted to do with her life and she ended up saying I'd love to be a photographer. So I bought her a camera. We started shooting uh, $300 weddings together and uh, the rest is history. So uh, the reason I bring that up is from the day I started till the day uh, I stopped doing it. And in several years, I had guys still working for me when I was shooting weddings and I didn't do it anymore. But to the very last time I DJed, the gear anxiety was so high because you were dependent on the electricity of the room. So like uh, my um, my wife's cousin, Sarah, I went and DJed her, her dance and it was a pretty affluent school out by Kings. And, uh, I felt really prepared for it. And I thought it was really good. By then I was using a Mac and, and those sort of things I had, I graduated, uh, and iTunes and I was buying the music and all this stuff. And the breaker kept tripping. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Like I was clearly, I was responsible cause it's my year, but like, what do you do? Like the school's breaker is tripping and the music's cutting off and people are booing me and they're all sitting down and like people are crying. It was awful. So sorry, Sarah. I don't know what I, I, maybe if I get back in the business, which I won't, I'll figure that out. But I had all this anxiety around the gear because essentially what you're doing is you're running the Mac from a headphone cable. I mean, there's just nothing else happening. Like you're running a headphone cable and you're running that headphone cable into your Mac E12 board, which has an adapter. And so you have the volume on the computer, volume and mute, that are separate. And then you had your gain on the uh, on the Mackie, but you had your individual channel gain as well, which also had a mute button. And then that would go out to the, um, I guess it would be the power uh, source for the speakers because these were passive speakers. And that had a gain on it. And then you had the connection to the speakers. So there was like seven areas. We used to run like these drills where... The DJs that worked for me, we would have pizza and we'd work, and I would sabotage the system, and they'd have like ten seconds to figure out, like MacGyver, to figure it out. I was kind of a tyrant, I was kind of an idiot, but we needed to do that because the stuff would just fail. And so now I'm looking at this, going like, man, I hope this camera is running. If it's not running, this is a radio program. There's no uh, video for this one, but if it is, that's great. But yeah, these are the kinds of things when you have your business that. You just have to deal with man, like you, you get so excited and you have all these aspirations and goals and the larger your vision in your dream, the more things are involved that can ruin it. And that's what's crazy. That's why the advice is always to start small and you should do that and you can do that or you can go, you know what? I'm going to try to pull this off. And you can do that too. So um, mapping is a really, really great way. And I know I talked around everything but mapping, but I think you got the idea. Sit down and write out your process start to finish. What's a deal? How do I make money? What's What's the end? When do I walk away? Write that down first and work yourself backwards if you're stuck. And then begin to fill that out. And and when you're problem solving, start looking at certain parts of the process, not the whole thing. You shouldn't be mapping all the time. That's why I map right away up front because I don't want to constantly be going, well, what is this? Where am I? What am I doing? And so map your entire process start to finish. If you're in a service industry, start with the very beginning. I'm sitting in my house. There's no customers, okay? I need to get customers. Once I get a customer, they need to be able to book. Okay, they need to be able to book online or over the phone, great then they need to be able to know how to get to my place and walk through it like you're explaining to someone who's never been to your town how to get somewhere, right? You can't say, oh, go down where old man uh, Wilson used to sell his apples back in 87. You can't do that. You can do that with locals, which is how we think, but you can't do that with someone who's never been there before. So you want to think that way in your process. You want to think that way in your project. And sometimes the project isn't customer facing. It's just, I'm an artist and I need to create art every day and I'm stuck, so at the end of the day, you're going to present online at 4 p.m. your stuff. And that's going to hold you accountable, okay? To present it, you have to have it. And have it to have it, you have to make it. And to make it, you have to have these tools. And to have these tools, you have to do this, okay? And then you start thinking in terms of sections of your business. And so we'll use the artist as an example. And this works in the sales process too. But as an artist as an example, they're looking at one section. and They go, man, I'm really having trouble with the make it section, like I think I have an idea of what my whole process is, but I'm having trouble in the make it section. Okay, why? Well, I just feel very uninspired. Okay, is it chemical? Like, are you literally just like imbalanced? Is it time of day? Is it um, the tools available to you? Are you not inspired? Are you not equipped? Do you need to learn? What are the things that? And now you're now you're focused in on that one specific area. That you need to solve and it becomes less daunting and so once you solve that main issue that one issue and you say yeah Like i'm going to set aside for myself a time of day In a certain space with a certain cup of coffee or a tea or hot cocoa Maybe you buy yourself that expensive snack or that expensive drink, but you just have a little piece every day You're looking forward to that little piece of chocolate that you love so much You're not going to eat the whole thing You're just going to eat that little piece of chocolate and you're going to drink that drink and you're going to draw for this amount of time And you set a timer And then you're like, well, I keep forgetting to prepare for it. So I don't have anything ready. Great. So what do you have to do to prepare for it? I have to take notes ahead of time. Great. Set yourself a reminder in your calendar. That doesn't work. Okay. Set yourself an alarm then. Like then you're problem solving on the tangible and pragmatic issues that run into pulling off what you want to pull off. And so I think that's that's the zoom out, zoom in, which is, hey, where's your personal payoff? What are you shooting for? Understand that save point. That has to be the end for you. Then map this whole thing out. And map it as generally as you have to. I have to have space, literally, I have to have time and space. Okay, cool. Where's your space? Where's your time? Okay, inside of that time, I need to have a certain mood. I need to be equipped with certain things. I need to be da da da. And then you be- begin to build out those little pieces. And then the pieces you're building, so like for me right now, as I build a script, the script isn't just important so that I stay on track and that I don't chase a bunch of rabbits. Um, It's also important because I, I plan to release a lot of content with every episode and that's probably going to happen around episode five or six or seven. It's not going to happen right now because I don't have the resources to do it. It's just me, but I plan to release a lot of things. So I need to capture those things at specific times as the guest arrives. And so I need to make a plan for that so that I can get that stuff out. So yeah, so that's, that's the idea. I would love to hear some thoughts, maybe call into anchor and leave me a voicemail. Um, you can message me, um, I have the ability now, which is pretty cool, to have you call into the show and chat it out. We can talk about um, you know, your thoughts on that or maybe your struggles. Um, I'm hoping that Renaissance Radio can be optimistically and humbly solutions-focused. The idea is that we're going to try to push past... Our excuses or our legitimate objections and things like that. So, definitely never an air of arrogance. In other words, you call in here and I fix it. It's not that. I just believe that we have available to us enough information and the skills to solve the problem if we dedicate ourselves to understanding our goals and limitations. So, I think I want to do that. You can feel free to text me or send out a voicemail or an email or message me on any of the social platforms. I'll put the link uh, in there for all of those social platforms and message me and we'll, we'll sit down and we'll have a time on air to try to figure out what's going on. I'm happy to do that. So thanks again for listening. And um, if you are listening, I guess you are. Yeah, that's cool. And um, don't feel any pressure to uh, like or subscribe. Who cares? Whatever. <laughs> all right. Talk to you guys soon.